Hello and welcome to the Future Father Dave podcast. Join me, a Catholic seminarian, each week as I share the story of my vocation and prepare to embark upon the journey of a lifetime as a Catholic priest. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of the Future Father Dave podcast. I am really excited this week to bring you an interview with Rolando Perez, who is a seminarian in our deacon class here at St. Meinrad, and he has an incredible story to share about the Altar de los Muertos, which is a shrine that we have put up uh, near our chapel here at St. Meinrad in the Aquinas Chapel uh, to honor all of our deceased loved ones in honor of the uh, All Saints Day and All Souls Day this past week. And um, this is a big tradition within the Hispanic community, uh, so it was great to sit down with Rolando and talk about the history of that tradition, as well as some other things he's done within the Hispanic ministry here at St. Meinrad. So really uh, looking forward to sharing my interview with Rolando and then on a more general note, um, this conversation was just a great reminder of the importance of family and what that means. And um, this weekend I get to celebrate with my, my parents being in town here for a visit. Uh, they came on Friday, they flew into Louisville and they'll be leaving uh, Tuesday morning. So really looking forward to over the next couple of days, getting to spend time with my parents and uh, show them around this beautiful place that we call St. Meinrad. So, with that, I will jump into a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our families, uh, the way that they have given us life, and um, nurtured us, and created us into the, or helped to shape us and mold us into the people that we are today. Um, we thank you for the, the positive influence of those that have gone before us in the faith, their models and their examples, uh, grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, um, all these people um, really help to shape our lives and uh, to lead us towards you uh, in a lot of cases. So we just thank you for their examples and um, we pray for continued safety and guidance for all of our family members um, this day. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as I mentioned, my parents are here for a visit, and Friday afternoon, I went and picked them up from the airport in Louisville, and uh, we went to the Louisville Slugger Bat Museum, which was way cool. If you're a baseball fan in any capacity, and you ever find yourself in Louisville, I highly, highly, highly recommend going, because it was phenomenal it was so cool and it was only 15 bucks for 15 bucks you get a tour of the factory and they will actually walk you through and it's a live factory so like they're actually in production and you get to see the whole production process from start to finish and the coolest part is that they started with the forests they started in the woods and they showed they brought us into this room they called it the forest room and they showed this video talking about how they do all of their forest management and how 
they um, walk through the woods and select the different types of trees that are going to be the best for bats. And they have very specific species that they're looking for and very specific sounds that they're looking for when they knock on the knock on the the trunk of the tree, which is incredible. So cool. And, um, you know, as a forestry guy, that was just right up my alley. So I was like a kid in a candy store. And so was my dad, too, because there was just so much baseball history there. Um, we actually, they had a section in the museum where you got, were able to hold a, a game used bat from every team. Basically, you, had, you, could, you could pick they had they had game used bats one one from every team, and the game used bat that they had for the Braves was Ronald Acuna because he's our best player, uh, and then they also had a Hank Aaron game used bat. So my dad got to hold a Hank Aaron game used bat, and I got to hold a Ronald Acuna game used bat, which was so cool. And then we went into what the guy. Uh, the bat vault, which the guy that was running it, he told us that it was like the Fort Knox of baseball because they had all of these models that they would use to then create the bats for different players. So they had a whole wall of all, all these old bats dating back to like 1910. And these were the model bats that they would use to then... Um, replicate and make bats for different players. So each famous player had their own model number and based on that model number then they would recreate those bats for them. Um, so that's this is like the the holy the the um, the, the the most um, valuable part of the museum is this room here and you got to go in there and get pictures and everything so it was super cool uh yeah so that was my rose for the week and then my bud is having the opportunity over the next couple of days to spend some time with my family um after being in louisville on friday not friday afternoon and friday night um we came back over here to saint Meinrad, made our way over Saturday afternoon um, to Meinrad. So we have we are now officially here in St. Meinrad and they're going to join us for mass and um, prayers with the Glenmary community and dinner and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to showing off my uh, my new home here and um, yeah. So that's my bud for the week and my thorn for the week was my philosophy essay that I spent a lot of time writing this week. Um, I spent a lot of time just banging my head against the wall trying to think through a thesis for this um, prompt, which is very difficult. And um, it's been a lot of thinking <laughs> for that project, but it's also been really good as well. So um, yeah, I think I finally come up with a, th with a good thesis, uh, but it wasn't until I struggled a lot <laughs> thinking through it. So it's been, a, it's been a difficult but a rewarding assignment, and I will be very happy when that assignment is finished and completed and turned in, and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so that is my Rosebud Thorn for the week.
So as I mentioned in the introduction there, uh, my interview this week is with Rolando Perez. He is a seminarian from the um, Diocese of Memphis, and he is part of our deacon class, meaning that he has been ordained a transitional deacon, and he will be ordained next year. So uh, it's great to sit down with him and, and chat and hear a little bit about his story, and um, more importantly, hear a little bit about uh, the Hispanic tradition of the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, which occurred this week. Uh, that's a big deal in the Hispanic community. And um, yeah, I wanted to get his take on that and uh, learn, a, learn a, little bit of, a little bit more about that uh, unique uh, tradition in the Hispanic community. So enjoy the interview. So this week I am joined by Rolando Perez. He's a deacon from the Diocese of Memphis, and he is one of our Hispanic seminarians on the Hill here, and he does a lot of work with the Hispanic ministry. And with this week being uh, the Day of the Dead celebration and Halloween, uh, which is a big deal in the Hispanic community, I figured it would be a good opportunity to sit down with Rolando and learn a little bit of a little bit more about this tradition within the Hispanic community. So, welcome, Rolando. Thank you, David. Uh, as you said, uh, my name is Rolando. I am a seminarian and currently a deacon uh, for the Diocese of Memphis in Tennessee, and I am uh, excited and happy to get to talk to you all, or at least theoretically speaking, so uh, you get to hear yeah. something of what I have to share. Yeah. So um, kind of where this idea, uh, inspiration came from to talk to you this week was um, what you did outside of the Aquinas Chapel with the Altar de los Muertos, which uh, you sent an email out uh, a couple weeks ago telling people to bring pictures of their loved ones for this, um, this altar that you set up outside of our chapel. And it was a really neat idea, and I think it turned out super well. I brought a picture of my grandfather uh, for that. And I know a lot of other seminarians contributed as well. So if you could share a little bit about how that tradition came about and what the history is behind it, that would be great. Absolutely. I'll do what I can. And to all my uh, fellow Hispanics uh, or uh, people who are in tune with a spe uh, Spanish-speaking uh, country uh, a lot more, uh, uh, feel free to uh, take what is good and uh, helpful uh, and what the Lord calls you to kind of keep. Uh, but also there are things that I may say that may not be 100% relatable. To, yeah, you're uh, definitely not an expert. To a so. uh, sort of subculture of Hispanic community. There are different traditions even in Mexico. And it's been for me many, many years since I've been in Mexico. Gotcha. So, uh, and where is your family uh, of origin? Yeah, uh, my family is originally from the state of San Luis. Uh, okay. Like St. Louis uh, for all of our English speakers. Uh, here in the States, we have a state of San Luis uh, in, in Mexico, and that's where my family's from. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, growing up was really uh, interesting. My family, I grew up uh, cradle Catholic. Uh, later on is whenever I decided I was going to explore uh, and sort of disconnected from my faith a little bit. But uh, growing up, uh, my mom had this traditional, which is something very Spaniard also, uh, a little altar at the corner of the house, uh, 
close to her uh, uh, sitting room area where she would just pray and say her prayers. But traditionally, too, in Mexico around, um, well, well, in the U.S., we have Halloween. Yep. But also in our Catholic culture, we have uh, All Saints Day and All Souls Day, which yep. are very, very closely related. And so in a similar manner, uh, we have uh, Dia de los Muertos, which is uh, the day that literally is only the translation of All Souls Day. Yeah, in the uh, Spanish-speaking countries, uh, and other. Uh, and I remember learning about this in Spanish class growing up. And okay, so elementary. you did hear about that. Yeah, so I, I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit familiar with the tradition, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah, um, there's not necessarily uh, a sp specific day that I could say this is the day when it started, and since then uh, we've gone. It is uh, in a way um, a very uh, particular tradition that incorporates. Uh, sort of the Catholic evangelization in like the South American countries where people were familiar with kind of altars, but okay. also you have uh, sort of the Franciscans that are also working with the people and evangelizing them and helping them coming to know the Lord. And so altars, like most cultures, we are oriented to uh, worship and remember uh, to worship God and to remember our loved ones. You know, even the Greeks yeah. in the ancient times, they had a beautiful way of letting go and remembering their dead yeah. ones. But for us, Dia de los Muertos is that. Uh, and so with the altar, what we do is we set up a specific altar where we can uh, sort of remember them and pray for them in a special way. Uh, yeah. And with that, there are specific aspects. So like bring in a photo, uh, if you have it, uh, of a loved one, uh, you can go as far as to also even just adding a name if you don't have a photo, the name of a loved one and kind of placing it on the altar to uh, remember to pray for that person too, yeah. for the soul of that person. So um, anyway, I digress a little bit. Maybe no, yeah, this is great. But that's a, a good part of uh, where it would start, I guess. And then where, where does the food aspect of the tradition come in? Because I know that's a big, big part of the... Day of the Dead celebrations. That was kind of the part that we focused on yeah. <laughs> in high school Spanish class. I remember learning about the decorative skulls and all that sort of yeah. thing. So how does that tie in? And do you know what the religious significance behind all of that is? Or uh, It's very interesting because uh, the food part of it as a kid, you're fascinated by it. Oh, of course. I, I was too, you know. Uh, but uh, I remember like uh, part of it is it, there's a traditional type of bread that is cooked and uh, uh, remembers of uh, uh, our loved ones who have gone before us. And you kind of offer that up for them. And there is a sort of uh, thought that uh, they, uh, their souls in the waiting at purgatory or waiting until eternal life, the second judgment, would sort of uh, engage in eating that. Now, okay. I've never seen any of that, but there are there is a part of it that is... Uh, engaging into a little bit of a tradition that's more culture-based and what people sort of understand as far as how their departed ones engage with them in this specific time when we remember them. Um, but that's not to say I've seen a bite on a bread that was not made by a human being. Um, yeah. Maybe as a kid I did that myself. <laughs> but but uh, there's also... Um, but there is a traditional uh, bread. There's traditional things that you cook along with. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, some people would do things sort of uh, 
if one of their loved ones really enjoyed a kind of a meal, they would even cook that meal on that day and even share it amongst them and leave a little bit of it for uh, overnight for that deceased loved one who, who has passed since. Um, I don't know who ate it That's or neat. if anybody did, but that was definitely <laughs> part neat. of it. Yeah. We don't do that anymore because we, uh, you know, food expires and so we can't just leave food overnight and yep. throughout the days. But uh, yeah, meals are a very important part of it. But as um, Team Benedict, uh, maybe I'm misquoting, but maybe it was just a Benedictine monk here, as mind read, who said that um, meals is where we come together. Absolutely. And, and so, even, you know, with Jesus in the Last Supper, you know, he gives us the yes. model right there in the, in the Gospels about what it means to, um, to share a meal together and how important that is. Yeah. Some of the, some of the elements, though, about the uh, Altar de los Muertos uh, that are my favorites are often unseen. Okay. But as a kid, I just thought they were mysterious. They're like, what, what is this? But a part of it that I love is ashes. Okay, I and noticed. So, I noticed that there was that some ashes, okay. but I wasn't sure quite what the significance of that was. Yeah, so I was uh, like, that can't be like somebody's actual ashes, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. Okay, good. I saw that and I was like, yeah, that's that might be a little much. No, and we're clarifying for uh, everybody listening to us. Uh, there are not ashes of uh, any person <laughs> at all, um, but they are actually just. Um, ashes from uh, wood that we've had before. Gotcha. Uh, but the symbolism, uh, yeah. it's, okay. it's what, what's about is that uh, from dust, we come yep. into dust, the, we shall it's, return. It's exactly what they say during on Ash Wednesday. Yep. And so Remember you are dust, and to dust yeah. you shall return. So yep. when you look at the altar, do you, when you see ashes, perhaps not before, or I don't know <laughs> if they had before, but now do you sort of connect like, oh yeah, that makes... That makes a lot more sense now. Or it relates to like the dead and how we kind of see what's going on between us. Absolutely. Um, another thing though that I, I, I love to add when I have the chance is incense. Okay. Incense. And this one is very, very Catholic. Um, incense is very Catholic <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yes. But you know, when, um, when, uh, when someone dies and you have like the funeral mass, before they uh, they send them uh, send them forth uh, to go to the uh, um, I'm blanking on the word right now to the committal at the cemetery yep. where the person is going to be buried. Um, they do the um, commendation with the and then they incense the the coffin. And so it, there's this symbolism and and, and also kind of uh, this reality that we touch there that between us and the and the spiritual world there's this kind of veiling that is kind of blurred by, by incense, by the smoke. Uh, so whenever I can, I include any kind of incense uh, symbolism to the altar, I bring it on, because it is also very particular to the ritual of uh, a funeral mass. So, um, and of course, other masses as well, but yeah. specifically funeral masses at that yeah. point before they send the, the body onward, uh, it's very, uh, a part of the liturgy, so. Yeah, very cool. So, um, kind of moving on to um, your time here at St. Meinrad, what have been kind of some highlights now as you move into your final year? Uh, you've begun, um, you're, you're moving towards your final semester here in the spring. What are some, some highlights that, from your time here and uh, any words of wisdom for a new guy like me just starting out? Wow. Well, thank you, first of all, uh, for the words of wisdom part. I hope that I have something to speak to that. 
but also uh, talk about uh, Day of the Dead and dying, dying to yourself. Uh, I never really wanted to come here. Uh, and, and so I wanted to go to a seminary where the people I was familiar with, my friends were going to go from a college seminary. And okay, so, so you were at college seminary before this? Yeah, so I did uh, my uh, college seminary at Holy Trinity in Dallas. Okay. And um, I, I loved it. I, uh, I grew, uh, I met a lot of my good friends, still friends with them to now, who are in the same year or a year uh, before poor ordination and uh, different dioceses. And uh, it was just an amazing time for me. But uh, yeah, when I received the news that I was going to come here, I wasn't the most excited. <laughs> I wanted to, in a way, just follow along with them and continue to have fun in the discernment process. But uh, yeah, the Lord just really made it clear to me, and particularly through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, that I needed to be here. And it was very difficult. The first year, it was uh, 2020 fall season. And I just remember kind of struggling and asking. Yeah, the I was in Cal. I was in my senior year at Clemson that year. I was, so, is that so? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was it was interesting for me too. So what year but, were you at that point? I was a senior. senior? Okay, yeah. Senior. So so it wasn't quite as bad for me uh, being a senior because I already had like my friend groups established and I had off campus apartment and. But I really, I mean, the, the people that were in their first year at Clemson and trying to build relationships, like it sounds like you were here, yeah. I, I really felt for them because that, that first year is critical for forming those friend groups and relationships. So. Absolutely. And I mean, the community was great. The guys that were in orientation was awesome. Uh, they, they had really good strategies for, to help us come together. So it wasn't yeah. necessarily uh, an external sort of uh, isolation, but uh, it was a more like internal uh, tr transition like yeah I want absolutely. to be here but I'm still trying to find out like you know where how to interact with this new culture and everything yeah. but um, it's been a beautiful journey now close to four years here at St. Mindred and I am so so grateful for it uh, and it continues to be part of my prayer really in gratitude because uh, I remember how much I didn't want to come here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny how God sometimes transforms things we didn't want into into things that end up being tremendous blessings. Yeah, so. yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, you've had these events where you, um, and it's not necessarily uh, the worst thing in the world, but there's this human struggle of, like, I want to, uh, I want to do God's will, but also... It feels a little more comfortable if we do God's will in this area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, it's like, I want to do God's will, but I want to do it my way. <laughs> yes. And so I have those, I've had those sounds where uh, uh, coming to see Minor was just that kind of thing of like, I found myself so much more fulfilled. I found myself uh, just enjoying a lot of the, the surrounding area, the friendships that I've developed here, people like I would have not imagined, like I would have met. Uh, and a lot of my good friends that I just profoundly love and, and admire, a lot of good seminarians uh, and peers, really, that I'm, I'm so grateful for that we share the same journey and also same class. But uh, to then think that I could have missed out on that, it, it's, it's almost scary. Yeah. Uh, so I praise God for that. Um, and the other thing is I, um, we have really good professors here. They're... Uh, I mean, I could name some, but I'm sure I would leave somebody out. So I'm not going to name anybody of them. I hope if they're listening, don't worry, I will not mention you. But uh, Sorallo I gave just, me spe very specific <laughs> instructions not to mention him. Not to mention him, so. of course. But, uh, you know, speaking of uh, 
just professors in general, they have very uh, just intellectual capacities are so amazing. They they can challenge you, but they can challenge you in a way that's charitable, that's loving, and they want you to do good. Uh, and I just I love that, and I love the quality of professors that we have in general. Um, yeah, I'm I definitely I definitely can concur with that so far in my experience all the professors have been excellent yeah okay so. good well uh i do have sometimes kind of an intellectual bias because i i want to be this lifelong learner but uh i'm not always the best at that but uh, i i'm glad that that's been your experience too with with them uh the other thing too uh part of the seminary i think there's a a wonderful benedictine spirituality around that is of course we're at a c minors uh abbey um but there is this beautiful uh, spirituality that I think just sort of rubs onto the seminary community in a way. Oh, absolutely. And it's not, it's not invasive. Like, we're not being told you have to be a monk uh, or you have to be like a monk to be a good seminarian. But there's a good overlapping, I think, that's very beneficial to our growth here. And that's been my experience that uh, I've been able to benefit from that and learn from. Yeah, that and as it's well. great too that the formators live daily life with us. They 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 pray morning prayer with us. They pray evening prayer with us. They come to mass with us. They uh, eat meals with us. And I think that's huge to build that relationship and that camaraderie with the students because um, it's not necessarily like that everywhere. So uh, right. That's, that's something that I've really noticed that stands out to me about here at St. Meinrad is, that, is how much the faculty or, and the, the um, formators, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, interact with us, with us seminarians. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think the other thing, and I don't know, you might speak on this too, um, but the idea of house challenges. Uh, such a Harry Potter uh, oh, yeah. concept I mean, in a way. If you uh, look at <laughs> pictures of this place, that was the one consistent thing I got when I started showing people pictures. I'm like, hey, I'm going here. And they're like, that looks like Hogwarts. <laughs> and then I get here and they break us into four houses yeah, based on the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we have challenges, yeah, house challenges. You love your <laughs> brothers, but you're trying to beat them because you want to win. Uh, yeah, but so as I, if this place could get any more like Harry Potter, right? Yes, uh, but I think so. that's the other part of it, um, too. It's a very free component of uh, being uh, part of the sub-communities of seminarians that can also like challenge each other, not only just in like, hey, I want you to do better, but like, hey, like, I'm going to try to like beat you at soccer, and you better come after us, too. Uh, so, uh, But I love those other things, I mean, all yeah. the way from carbon pumpkins during this beautiful season again to yeah uh, that was one of our challenges the other day we had a pumpkin carving contest so yes did, and it, it turned out incredible yeah i really liked the guadalupe one. Oh, you like that one yeah okay. the guadalupe one was really cool i liked it i think it took special skill um of course i really like the uh uh sacred heart of jesus uh and uh our lady's uh, sorrowful heart but um I struggle because they're not necessarily like, um, you know, uh, necessarily like All Souls Day oriented or like they're just tops. You can't yeah. beat that. But uh, anyway, so I struggle with making them part of a challenge. 
but they yeah. of course they have to win. But uh, so you mentioned soccer. Uh, I'm going to take this in a little bit different direction here. This conversation uh, we had uh, last month or maybe two months ago, we had the big soccer game for the seminarians versus the uh, Hispanic community, yeah. and we had a big. Uh, dinner celebration afterwards and all the the Hispanic community came out and made homemade food and tacos and stuff so if you can speak a little bit to the Hispanic community here at St. Meinrad and some of the work I know you do a lot of work with Ana Perez down in the the Hispanic office Uh, so if you could just speak a little bit to some of the stuff that you do there with her and um, some of the different events you got going on yeah Ana Perez of course uh, she is she's it She's she's all of it. Uh, yeah, she does she's, a job. She's pretty amazing. Uh, and I, I'm so grateful. We share the same last name, but we're not related, at least like not directly. If you trace back enough, I'm sure you'll probably find some descendants there. But um, yeah, I think so. Part of what I do with her is um, more on the backs uh, behind the scenes. Okay. And it doesn't have yeah, because you have a background in photography, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I've seen you running around taking pictures a lot for different things. Yeah. For those listening, uh, go to our uh, St. Mindred uh, Smug Mug website, and you can check out all of our work there and some of my work there with St. Mindred. Well, I'll have um, to put that in the show notes. And hopefully, it's all wonderful work. Uh, nah, no yeah. negative comments, please. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> that was my ad. Um, the other thing is, is uh, she's uh, so creative, but. Um, there are things that I mainly just share with her ideas. Like we just sit down and kind of brainstorm some ideas of how we can help uh, our seminarians that uh, our their diocese are asking and they them they are asking, how can I scenario? You pretend that you have a real big issue. Okay, yeah. So I've heard people talk about this in the dining hall, about like pretending to be married to so and so, and then there's a divorce or yeah child custody issues or cheating or whatever the one yeah the one i have is not super hard because it's more like he has an, uh, an elective that he's assigned like specifics for and those are the ones that oh she uh yeah anna she's very good at uh outreach and so part of her job also entails her reaching out to other communities that St. Meinrad serves other dioceses, not just uh, seminarians, but even, uh, for instance, Diocese of Knoxville now brings uh, a lot of their uh, Hispanic community too for young adult events uh, and other dioceses in general. So her job Yeah, we do a lot of stuff here. I didn't realize coming here as a seminarian how many outside groups are hosted here at St. Meinrad. High school kids, college kids, young adults, all sorts of groups. Absolutely. I'm very excited. Uh, did you know about One Bread, One Cup over the summer year? For I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, uh, another great area that St. Myra serves for young people over the summer. But we don't get to see a lot of that because we get, uh, get to go work in our diocese. Um, and uh, in your case, you get to work in the diocese. Do you get assigned or do you? Yeah, I'll be assigned to Glen Mary Mission Parish. Um, we have uh, roughly a dozen parishes uh, all over, mostly in Tennessee okay. at the moment. Um, but in our history, we've been all over the southeast. But most of our parishes at this particular moment are uh, based in Tennessee. Nice. So I'll have an assignment over winter break, actually, for about a month. And then I will have... a a 
Holy Week assignment for Holy Week, and then I will have another assignment for the summer. Cool. Yeah, so. we do something similar in my diocese. Yeah, where we get to go not necessarily just kind of sleep and be cozy and do nothing over Christmas. We we also get to be involved at the parish and work with people. Yeah. But over the summer too, we get our assignments like other dioceses, other seminarians. But the people here stay working, and so they get to continue to serve that. I think uh, the Office of Hispanic and Latino Ministry here at St. Minerit, it is relatively new. It is not something that's been here for many, many years. But it is something that uh, supporters have been encouraging for a while, and uh, dioceses have uh, also been asking for. That's my understanding. Uh, but um, it's not like... Uh, so as new as it is, there are a lot of things that are unfolding from it, and we have yet to find out what else is going to happen, what else is going to That's serve. awesome. But it's so an expanding far, ministry. That's awesome. Yeah. But so far, everybody seems pretty pretty happy with it. Um, Cody, Michael, who work with our nearest parish here, they seem very happy, uh, grown a lot, of course. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, several of our Glenmary guys, uh, our, our members of the deacon class, uh, yeah. Frederick, Kevin, and... Um, Joseph. Joseph, they all uh, are very involved. That's their ministry on Sundays as they come and help out with the Hispanic that East group. That is true. I forgot about that. And yeah. uh, the, the reason that they were assigned to that particular ministry is because of the work that we do with Glen Mary in uh, working with the Hispanic community. A large, large population of our parishes, our mission parishes in a lot of these mm -hmm. regions that we serve is Hispanic. So they need to be able to build those skills to be able to effectively minister in these areas. Yeah, so. it's, it's a definitely uh, a very big sort of area uh, in a Catholic church. And I, I pray with this. I do wonder sometimes, like, what is it that God has in mind for Catholicism in America uh, and in general for Christianity in America? Um, I've been blessed to speak Spanish. I was uh, born in Mexico, and so... Part of why I do a lot yeah. of behind-the-scenes work is because I don't necessarily have to learn the skill of uh, speaking with people in Spanish. That already came in my toolkit. Yeah. Thanks, mom. But yeah, so you can you can give other people that opportunity <laughs> yeah. to to be on the front lines and to to kind of develop those skills for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but um, like the Glen Mary, uh, home, uh, sorry, but now I'm twisting my words. Uh, Glen Mary Home Missionaries. Uh, get to work over the weekends with our people here and get to catechize them and work with them too. Uh, but also in the same uh, very Catholic principle of giving and receiving, uh, giving of yourself, they get to also learn so that when they go to their assignments they can work with Hispanic communities as well. Um, very beautiful. Uh, I didn't think about this before I said it, people, so uh, yeah, praise God for that, the, uh, the gift of uh, sort of learning as you kind of give of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time tonight to, to chat and uh, share a little bit about uh, not only your background as uh, a Mexican-American, but um, also your experience here at St. Meinrad. So you've definitely been a big help to me in uh, getting adjusted this semester. And you were part of our orientation crew and at the beginning of the semester. So uh, thank you for all your hard work that you do here and um, wish you luck as you continue in your last year and move on towards ordination. Awesome, and praise God for all the work being done. Thank you, David, yep. and uh, thank you all listening. God bless you. Yep, we'll see you all next week.
So, just wanted to give a big shout out to Rolando and thank him for his time uh, coming to be part of the podcast. And it's funny because I had asked him to be a part of my podcast and he um, responded uh, when I came to film the podcast by asking me if I would be willing to help him out with a project as well. Uh, so he asked for a little bit of uh, repayment there uh, of my time. And the thing that he needed help with was a project for his um, pastoral counseling class. Um, and for that class, he is required to create a fake scenario um, for somebody who is coming in for marriage counseling. And um, so I, he gave me complete leeway to, to make up whatever scenario I wanted. Um, and um, I had to come in and pretend that the scenario was playing out and then he had to film his reaction to that of me being stressed and anxious or whatever. And um, yeah, it was really it was really neat and fun uh, to do that. And the scenario that I came up with was, um, I am a, a guy who's been married for uh, eight or 10 years and I just found uh, a bunch of drugs in our basement and found out that my wife was running a drug smuggling operation out of our basement. So, <laughs> I don't know where that idea came from, but uh, Rolando seemed to, to run with it and he thought that it would work well for his class. So, I have no idea what the, um, the status of that is or how that's going to go for his class, but he seemed to think that it would work okay. So, uh, yeah. but. The big thing that really stood out to me from my conversation with Rolando was just this whole idea of the family that he's found here in this community here at St. Meinrad. Um, he mentioned that he had been at College Seminary and um, was really concerned about coming here to St. Meinrad. He was kind of hesitant to uh, move to this community for his theology studies but he is so glad that he did because he's found just an incredible family of people here at St. Meinrad from the lay co-workers to the other seminarians to the staff and formators and the, and the monks. Um, they've just shown an incredible hospitality to him during his four years here. And I've noticed the same thing for me just in my first couple months. Um, so, and it, it really reminds me of one thing that our formator, Father Richard, says all the time, is that our vocations come from our families, and he encourages us to make sure that we're calling our parents and reaching out to our siblings, because it's really important to maintain those relationships with our family, because they're the ones that inspired us in the faith uh, a lot of times. I mean, it, it was the example of my mom and my grandmother that really um, got me interested in the faith in the first place growing up um, and it was the example of my dad who taught me how to work hard and be responsible and you know my parents have really set the tone for me um, my whole life by modeling what it means to be strive for excellence and you know never work hard never do anything halfway because they just work so hard in their business to um, to provide for us and 
that's an example that I will always have and I will always carry with me. Um, the, the proper way to, to act and treat other people and all those things came from my parents. And uh, I'm deeply indebted to them for that, their example and their witness growing up. Uh, both of them have witnessed to the faith in uh, different ways, but uh, yeah, I, I love my parents a lot. And um, like I said, they've just been a, a wonderful example to me uh, my entire life of what it means to work hard and do good for others. My dad is, um, was an incredible servant. He had a servant's heart, so he, he modeled that for me growing up. Um, by sacrificing his time to, to be a Boy Scout leader and uh, pour himself into that, uh, which was a huge part of my childhood for my brother and I, um, going on camping trips and going to meetings every Tuesday and things like that. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, just overall, really great reminder from Rolando about the importance of family um, and um, if you haven't called your mom this week, I would recommend doing that if you still can, because uh, no day is guaranteed and you don't know when the last time is you'll have to, uh, to do that. So if you get the chance, make sure to call your mom. That's my advice from this week. And now for our final segment of this week's episode, our Wink of the Week segment. Um, I know I've been kind of uh, lacking in this department uh, the last several weeks. Uh, it's been kind of hit or miss. Sometimes I have something to share, sometimes I don't. Um, it's just one of those seasons for me. But um, yeah, for a while there, I was, I was having these incre incredible God Winks every single week, uh, but it's kind of feels like it's slowed down a little here lately um and it's been a little bit harder to to think of think of something but this week was just incredible because the um the god wink just smacked me in the face uh one of my friends uh a fellow seminarian by the name of austin young he was actually on one of my episodes uh earlier several months ago but uh austin sent out an email asking all the seminarians to pray for his grandmother and his grandmother's name is Janet which is the same name as my grandmother and how many Janets do you know like it's not exactly a super common name maybe at one point it used to be uh, years ago but definitely not now I, I don't feel like I know very many Janets other than my grandmother and Sure enough, Austin's grandmother is named Janet, which is so cool and so fitting. So anyway, that's my Wink of the Week moment. And um, yeah, hope you have a great week and you enjoyed hearing from Rolando. And as I said in the last segment, make sure you call your mom and give her a hug if you can, because uh, you never know when the last time you're going to have you never know when the last opportunity you'll have to see your family and um, no, no day is given no day is guaranteed so take advantage of each time you do get to spend with family and cherish it
Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode of the Future Father Dave podcast. I'm eternally grateful for this opportunity to share my journey with you. And I pray that in sharing my story, I can inspire you in your own spiritual journey.